Hello and welcome to this week's Insider. I'm Lisa Adams. Welcome to our viewers and our listeners on the radio and on our podcast. Recently, our Washington correspondent Rachel Knapp and photographer Brian Schneiders traveled to Poland to report for Erie News Now on the Ukrainian refugee crisis and to see firsthand how the people of Poland have responded to the war next door. We had a chance to get reflections from Rachel while she was still on assignment in Poland and today we share that conversation. Rachel Knapp joining us now from Poland. Rachel, tell us where you are today. You're getting near the end of your journey. Yes, well, it's been sometimes hard to keep track of where you're at because we've just been traveling so much, but today uh, we are in Warsaw, Poland. Experience uh, must be really an experience of a lifetime, as awful as the situation is in Ukraine, and we're certainly seeing that every day. But to see firsthand the big humanitarian effort to help. So what's that been like to see that up, up close and personal? Right, so, you know, at, just first of all, back home, you know, in Erie and stuff like that, we've seen how the locals have, you know, put together their own donations. It's very much so similar here in Poland. We're seeing when we go to these sites uh, for the refugees, you know, so that they can get registered legally in Poland, so they can get cash and like a medical ID card and stuff like that. We're seeing like stacks and stacks of boxes of donations, things like uh, food, uh, water, uh, even clothes. And we've seen so many like children's um, clothes too, because remember a lot of these people coming over here uh, include kids, include babies. Um, so we've been seeing a, a ton of donations. Uh, but as far as the humanitarian side of it, really this has been, it's, it's been so almost like a relief to see how much people care and how much love that there still is in this world because they really have just dropped everything. Uh, people from all over the world. Uh, we've met people from the Netherlands, we've met people from the Faroe Islands, uh, including, you know, Corning, New York, um, you know, just who have come here to do their part. And each part looks different. We've seen people help serve food. Uh, we've also seen some people um, try to help contribute by driving supplies to the border. So it's been just kind of different in each way as, as far as how people are trying to contribute. But the humanitarian effort has just exceeded, just it just has gone above and beyond than what, what I was expecting to see. Tell us how you and, and Lily Broadcasting decided to make this journey. Again, you're with our news photographer, Brian Schneiders from Erie. Uh, and I know Logistics Plus, a company, a global company based here in Erie, has partnered with us to help this journey happen. But tell us why you decided that you wanted to go there and, and how you made that work out. Well, you know, as a journalist, you always try to find stories that are local to our viewers. And being the Washington, D.C. correspondent, I have a lot to juggle with as far as different areas to cover. I cover, of course, Pennsylvania, New York, Michigan, and as uh, including the Caribbean and Puerto Rico. Um, and I found a couple of local angles while I was working in D.C. I, I said, hey, there's uh, this Puerto Rico unit going up to Poland. And I just felt like... You know, we're, we're seeing kind of these uh, stories from the, the national news outlets, but really, you know, we've, we know ourselves, our communities have, have put so much time and effort into their own donations and supplies. I, I just knew that we, we could show that to them and show, hey, here's 
Um, here's what your efforts have done. Here's what your funding has done. Uh, and we've done that here. It's been really kind of incredible to see just how how much Logistics Plus, um, the, just that company itself, has really just kind of invested their time and money into making sure that their own employees, um, which they have around 50 Ukrainian uh, employees, just making sure that those that got out and were able to get out are here in Poland safely. So, um, you know, there's, we, it's almost, you know, it's, it's kind of like a lucky, <laughs> we were surprised to find a couple of uh, locals uh, from, from the New York area, the nearby Erie, um, but I'm not surprised just because I feel like these um, these stories, it draws a lot of different kinds of people and um, I'm not surprised. I knew that we were gonna be able to find some of these local angles and I'm really grateful that we kind of had a lot of luck and, and found some locals. Yes, we will be getting into that in a little bit. You needed a translator, you needed transportation. How did that work? And on the very first day of reporting, I know you met with refugees at a big soccer arena. Were they willing to talk? I mean, did being a local reporter actually work to your advantage instead of being with a network entourage? Right. So uh, first, I think just as far as the, the translator goes, that was my first time having to work with one. Um, and the woman that we worked with, uh, Ina, she's incredible. She speaks five languages. Uh, she speaks five languages, and uh, we were just really surprised about um, how knowledgeable she is. It's Polish, Russian, Ukrainian, and she is Ukrainian, so it kind of helped us um, definitely break the ice in a sense because uh, you know we didn't know how to. You know, I tried our best to, to prepare ourselves. You know, should we look up how to say hello, how are you, in Ukrainian, new Polish, uh, just to make sure that we were just to kind of break the ice. But having Ina there was really helpful. Um, and it was definitely different because I would ask Ina a question, she would uh, you know, ask that same question in whatever language that needed to be um, uh, uh, asked in, and then we would hear the people respond. Um, so it was definitely, it was working a lot different, differently than what I'm used to, but it worked out. Um, and also, as far as that, that stadium, that first day, I think that was when it really hit my photographer and I, was that how, how devastating this war is. You, we got on scene and we just saw the lines of mostly women and children and they just looked tired. And I know that's like, that's a very a simple explanation, but it just, just think about their journey. Some of them have been stuck in cars for days just trying to get into Poland. Some of them had to cross over on foot. On foot. So um, as far as, you know, them kind of uh, warming up to us, I believe that us being local and they knew that where the, their stories were going to go directly. Um, I think that was very helpful because we, we said, you know, we work for stations in Pennsylvania, we work for stations in New York. And so they kind of were familiar with, with hearing those states. Um, and as far as, you know, opening up, some of them, of course, were a little hesitant, mostly because they were fearful that if they were to talk to the press, that it, it could have implications for their husbands or brothers or anyone left behind. Um, but for the most part, people have been very receptive of us and have been willing to share their stories. Uh, just real quickly, Rachel, I know a trade publication called TV News Check wrote about your work in Poland because you are from a local station. So uh, pretty flattering to um, get that notice. Yes, yeah, I thought that was, I mean, I was honored and, and shocked to even be asked. But at the same time, you know, this is, 
this is what we've worked for, you know, as journalists. I'm very grateful for the opportunity, and I, I, I hope I served our community well by, by going here and sharing these stories and also sharing the local angles um, and finding those local angles. So one day you did head to the Ukrainian border, something you described as a chaotic scene. We're going to talk about that when we come back. Stay with Welcome back to The Insider. We're talking with Erie News Now, Washington, D.C. correspondent Rachel Knapp, the only local reporter we're aware of who traveled to Poland to report for us and the other Lilly Broadcasting stations on the millions of Ukrainian refugees streaming into Poland and how Poland is responding. This interview conducted while Rachel is still there in Poland. So, Rachel, you shared with me that one of the days you were there, you drove to the Ukrainian border. You described that scene as chaotic. What did you see there? And, and would this have been maybe one of the most difficult days that you experienced on your trip? Yes, I think going to the border has definitely been one of our most difficult days here um, and, and for a couple of reasons. One, um, it, it's when you first arrived, um, there was just a, a ton of cars. And we kind of didn't know really kind of uh, how to assess the situation and, and how to approach the situation. But we saw where cars were coming in and out from uh, Ukraine. And that kind of like hit us like, wow, we're looking right at Ukraine. Uh, this is where people are getting in and out. This is where some of the, the trucks are trying to get in and out. And so that was just kind of a, a moment that hit all of us. That this is how important this is. And then we came across a couple of volunteers and they said that they're helping move supplies on foot across the border. And that's where we saw how chaotic uh, this like uh, foot crossing essentially is. It's just lined, lined with tents going all the way down. You're just kind of walking on the sidewalk and it's just lined with tents. There's no free space. And it's filled with people with good intentions because you know they're there for a reason to help these Ukrainian refugees but to be quite honest it felt very over it was just overwhelming and I can only imagine how some of those people crossing into Poland from Ukraine are probably are probably feeling um, some of them that we talked to said that they that they were surprised to see just how much uh, uh, how many excuse me how many people were there um, but they were saying that it's nice to see just how many people were welcoming them there. So it was it was chaotic in, in many ways. Far, I'm sure they don't really know who to trust. Uh, so I can understand what you're describing there. And you did mention too, that while so many people have rallied to help, there were some people also trying to take advantage of the situation, uh, maybe where women are sleeping and so on. So how vulnerable are these people? Right, and that's something that we didn't realize was was going on or was an issue. And thankfully, it's not um, a big problem, but it really, it sadly, it was a problem. Uh, essentially, we went to one of these checkpoints. We just got there, and these law enforcement officers approached us, and um, they basically said that when uh, a few weeks ago, when there were just thousands and thousands crossing into Poland, that there, this warehouse couldn't house essentially every woman, every child, every person that was coming over. And so they had to set up these like makeshift tents on the outside. And they said that they basically stopped someone from a kidnapping, 
that these that, that some uh, men and uh, they were saying some pedophiles basically tried to make their way onto uh, this checkpoint and take advantage of the situation. Uh, they said they were able to stop an assault. Um, and I did ask, because I wanted to clarify, I said, is this a problem? Is it an ongoing problem? They said not so, they just said really just kind of like those couple of incidents, but still, it, when you think about it, people are just, um, you know, they're, they're going through their worst time, and it's awful to hear that something like that could happen to them as well. Right, that anyone would want to prey upon those people. Well, I know uh, you had a chance to travel to Erie's sister city of Lublin, Poland, where I know Logistics Plus was taking some of the supplies that have been donated here in Erie. We'll talk about that when we come back. Welcome back again to The Insider. I'm Lisa Adams, and we're talking with Erie News Now, Washington, D.C. correspondent Rachel Knapp, the only local reporter we're aware of who traveled to Poland to report on the refugee crisis for the Lilly Broadcasting Stations. So this interview conducted while Rachel is still there in Poland with a couple more days of reporting for us. So we can't really talk about every single day your entire itinerary there, Rachel, because you spent about 10 or more days. But let's key in on your visit to Lublin. Erie's sister city because this is where Logistics Plus has been delivering some items collected right here in Erie. So tell us about your visit to Lublin and who you met with there. Right, yes, Lublin was an important city uh, because like like you just said, it's Erie's sister city. And um, you know, we, we met up with someone from Logistics Plus who flew in from the US and so we met up with them and basically they set up this this meeting between uh, what the a regional marshal, which is essentially like a lieutenant governor, and he was telling us kind of all what they have done as like a region to support the refugees coming in, as well as making sure some of the donations going to Ukraine. He told us that they sent several generators, something that we've been hearing that people need in Ukraine to power like power their phones so they can call their families back here in, uh, in Poland, uh, and then also sending like several of their own ambulances. So he's been, he was telling that, he was also kind of talking to us about the, the dollar amount and also just kind of how um, they are using every space available here in, uh, excuse me, in Lublin. And um, we got to see firsthand some of those apartments. Um, but, you know, working with Logistics Plus, it was really interesting to see how a local company is willing to just say, hey, we provide this service you need something, you know, we have donations, we've been sending them off to Lublin, what else can we do for you? And it was, you know, it's surprising because it's kind of like this business meeting, right? But there was also this like really nice emotional moment um, between Logistics Plus, uh, the representative there, and between the marshal, they both teared up because I asked them, how does it feel to hear, you know, a local company like Logistics Plus is, is wanting to help? It, and it, it really it brought out some tears because they said that they are so appreciative of people willing to help and that it's just been, I think that's been like one of the most memorable things of this trip is just, again, seeing how people have really just are willing and ready to go above and beyond to help these people. Yes, and as you mentioned earlier, Logistics Plus, in the early days of the invasion, they were worried about their own employees in Ukraine, Ukrainian people who work for Logistics Plus and making sure that they got out 
I know they've set up some warehousing space too in Poland. So I, I also know you saw some refugee apartments there. So how are the people doing there, even, even children? While I'm sure they were glad to escape the bombing, get somewhere safe, are they wondering now how long they're going to be there, if they can ever go back home? And you talked about them getting registered, getting some money, but did they have access to their money back in Ukrainian banks or any contacts with the husbands and the dads who stayed behind to fight? Right, yeah. So first of all, I, I, mean, I am happy to report that the Logistics Plus employees here that, that we've met with, they're doing great. Um, and they are just hanging on and they are just so thankful. They've told us that they're so thankful that they were able to get out and then also able to get um, an apartment, you know, mostly through Logistics Plus and, and former employees helping them find places to stay. Um, and of course, you know, what these women have gone through, because again, they're, they're mostly women and, and children, well, more like we met with, uh, we saw babies, but uh, these women, they are young, they're younger than, than 30, some of them. And it just, it hits you because you're just, you're thinking, wow, they said that they have like their husbands over there. I know one has their husband. One uh, says that they have a sister. Uh, I, I apologize, I forgot which city, but she hasn't heard from her sister in a couple of weeks and that just dawned on you, you know, just because you really just, you hear these stories and you think, I can't imagine what they're feeling. And, um, but, you know, I am happy to report that they are, uh, you know, doing well here in Poland. They're in two different cities in Zeszow, which is a city that we stayed in for a couple of days. It's near the Ukraine border and then also in a city south of Krakow. And um, they've just been really hanging on. And some of the conversations just, I just want to say just some of the personal conversations that we've had, we were just talking about other things outside of the war. And they just said, it's really nice to, to kind of have that break because all they think about is their, their dads, their grandpas, their grandmas who couldn't make it over. And it just, it hits you thinking that they're just, they're happy to be here in Poland. They're, they feel lucky, but they are so ready to go back home and they're just so ready for this war to end. Just quickly, Rachel, you did one story at a train station with a mother and a little boy. She wanted to go to the United States, but isn't able to do that. So, um, you know, tell us what that was like. How do you handle your emotions when you see a mother and a child just trying to figure out what their next move is? Right. Well, you know, when we approach them, we try to approach every you know, person with just kind of an understanding like, you know, they're, they've gone through a lot and they're going to continue either traveling and passing through. So we know they're probably tired. Um, but when we approached them, uh, Peter, her son was just the cutest little boy. He was just all, he was excited to see her camera. He wanted, he was blowing bubbles. Um, and she was, you know, as he's doing this, doing these, you know, little boy things, which are really cute. You know, and she's also like, you know, I want him to have that education. And she's only thinking of him. And, um, you know, she was just telling us that she wants to go back to the, to the, wants to go to the U.S. And she's applied for the visa, but really has not moved along at all. And so she showed me these photos of like an older couple. They're probably in their 70s or 80s and they're in the U.K. And she said, I don't know them. We've talked one time, but they say that if we can get to the UK, they'll take us in. And so, so hearing, and so hearing these stories, it's been really incredible. And especially seeing these children, it's been really hard because you know that they probably don't understand the gravity of everything. 
Um, but with being with Peter, we just try to play with him. <laughs> I was racing him a little bit just to kind of hopefully make him happy. And, and also just, you know, we, we got the, the mom's contact numbers so we can hopefully stay in contact with her and make sure that she and Peter will be fine. So yes, they don't understand the gravity of the situation, yet it will likely impact the rest of their lives. So Rachel, I know you were able to make some other local connections. You mentioned uh, a woman in Chautauqua County that you met. We're going to talk about that when we come back. Welcome back. We're talking with Rachel Knapp, our D.C. reporter, about her experiences reporting for us from Poland. You're still there when we're talking. So you connected with a woman from Chautauqua County, New York, and did a story on her. How did you find her? And she's trying to deliver military vests? Yeah, no, she definitely has an interesting job over here, but it's one that she chose for herself. And so we actually got connected with her through Logistics Plus, that Erie-based company they basically told us hey did you hear about this woman and i thought wow what an incredible um uh, you know job and, and volunteer um uh, opportunity that she's been doing and providing humanitarian relief and yeah no she's been moving like at least 100 or she has so far moved 100 vests over um so that's just been incredible but she is so eager to move more military vests because that's what she says that the ukrainian uh, soldiers are really wanting and needing and you saw people demonstrating and reported on that one day. How do they feel uh, about American support for what's going on in their homeland? Um, are they thankful? Do they think there should be more support from the U.S. and the global community? Yes, they first they want to say that they are so grateful to see how many um, the how the international community has come together to support Ukraine and all this. But they still say, despite everything, it's not enough. And so they were calling to close the sky, uh, meaning a no-fly zone over Ukraine. They just say that if, if there's a no-fly zone, it could really help them um, push back against the Russian air raids, which is something that a lot of the refugees talked about with me, that they said that they would, would, would recall the sirens go off and they would run down to the basement to take shelter. And then sometimes they would hear uh, the bombs go off. and so. They're just hoping that NATO um, will close, you know, a, again, close the sky or, or issue in a no-fly zone over Ukraine. Rachel, we're down to the last minute here. So how do you think this trip is going to impact you when you get back home and, and in your reporting from Washington, D.C.? Well, I just want to just say that I think that we did our job here as finding, making sure that we found um, local stories and also just I really hope that we did our job as far as uh, making sure that we showed people what it's actually like at the border, showed people how the refugees are feeling. I just think that it just reaffirms our duty as journalists to make sure that we go uh, to where the story is and make sure that our local community um, understands the full picture of it all. Well, Rachel, thank you again very much for your work. Brian Schneiders, for your work there in Poland on our behalf here at Erie News Now. And thank you for sharing your personal reflections with us as well. As always, thank you for joining us on The Insider. If you have an idea for us to explore, just email me at aladams at erienewsnow.com and join us again next time for The Insider. Thanks, Rachel.